Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zockey. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Aaron Tielitz. Aaron, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. Are you uh, up at home? I am. I actually just pulled into uh, uh, my dad's uh, marina here in Birchwood, Wisconsin, so I am home for Father's Day. Fantastic. Uh, and what, what does one do up in uh, Birch, was it Birch Lake? Uh, well, Bir- Birchwood. 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 Yeah, on uh, on um, Lake Chautauqua is where our uh, family's resort is, the Fred Thomas Resort, and then the marina's in town at uh, Birchwood. Very good. Lots of fishing and stuff like that up there, isn't it? Oh, yeah, lots of fishing. We'll be doing a, a campfire probably tonight and just hanging out, having a good time. You don't sing, do you, at the campfire? No, no. We let uh, <laughs> we let our phones play some music for us. Very good. So uh, it should be a fun weekend coming up at Road America because you'll be back behind the wheel uh, next weekend at at, uh, at Road America for the IndyCar weekend uh, for Bellardi Racing and the Indy Lights. It feels like a, a home again, isn't it? It does. It feels good. That's my that's my home race. You know, I didn't have I didn't have any rides set up for it, and uh, Brian happens to have an open car and. Uh, Able to slide in there thanks to uh, sponsorship from uh, Endontic Specialists of uh, Wisconsin. Uh, if you've got a sore tooth, I'd head there to get your uh, your teeth fixed. And you really should because uh, my my full time job is in in the dental business, dental supplies and equipment. And yeah, people don't realize uh, if uh, you know uh, if you have a bad tooth, that can lead to uh, a much much bigger problems than than just a toothache. So yes, yeah, so if you do. Uh, make sure you check out. Is it what's a what's her name again? And endodontic specialist. And yep, endodontic specialist of Wisconsin. Very good. And uh, so, what do, what 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 kind of mindset do do you have going into this weekend at Road America? Uh, to be honest, I just I just want to have some fun. I think I have no expectations. I haven't driven a Indy Lights car on a road course since Portland in September last year. So. Uh, I've got one practice and then qualifying to get my sea legs back under me in an Indy Lights car, but I, I'm hoping to be up to speed quickly. Obviously, I'd like to fight at the front of the field. I just don't want to be out there making up the numbers. Um, but I know the car is going to be fast. I should be in, in good shape. Hopefully, uh, it's a good weekend. Yeah, how much, I mean, how much of a, 
because I uh, now you know I, I've seen your Facebook page and <laughs> you're, you're 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 a guy that's in shape. You're a young guy. You're in shape. But I mean, is there is there such thing as a as a racing shape, so to speak? Well, yeah. I mean, for for open wheel cars, um, a lot of the muscles that develop your neck muscles and and so on. Um, a lot of those muscles, you almost just have to be driving really to, um, be in shape. You know, there, you can do a lot of neck exercises if you want to, or whatever, uh, to try to strengthen your neck, but there's no substitute for just driving and getting to work out that way. So, um, I'll probably have a lot extra head padding in to uh, keep my head held up at Road America. <laughs> and working with a guy with like what with like Brian and that, it, it must feel good and kind of like an old shoe almost. So we're going back to that team. You're you're familiar with the guys and that. I mean, how how much does that help you going into this weekend? Yeah, it's a big help to just be confident right away. I know the guys. I know the engineers. Um, you know, we know. We know the setups. We know they've done some work on the cars over the winter to make them quicker. So we should be uh, we should be in, in good shape. I'm, I'm honestly really looking forward to it, and uh, it's just going to be fun. You know, so it's a one-off race. We're just going to go out there and uh, put on a good show for the home crowd. We're talking to Aaron Tletz, who's going to be running in the Indy Lights race uh, at the IndyCar Series Rev Group Grand Prix, presented by the American Response Group this weekend at Road America. And not only are you running this weekend, but uh, also the following Monday, I believe it is, you're doing a thing for Children's Hospital. Yeah, that's correct. So there's a charity uh, event being put on. It's a track day at Road America, uh, which track days at Road America are pretty far and few between. They, they normally cost tons of money, but you can come out and take a hot lap with me. I'll be driving a beautiful Lexus LC500 um, or some other race car drivers, I think, um, Who's the other local kid that races in? Well, I know NASCAR. Ryan Eversley wow. is one of them, right? Yeah, Ryan Eversley's there. Who's the, who's the local kid that races in NASCAR? Why am I blanking on his name? Oh, Josh Balicki, friend of the show, just like yeah. you. <laughs> Balicki, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be out there, too, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know what car he's driving, but he'll be there. Steve Welk will be out there. Uh, so all these guys you can get rides from. Or you can bring your own car and pay to uh, – do some laps of Road America, and all the proceeds go into the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. Um, so that's a awesome uh, little charity event we're doing. And buy a T-shirt from Steve. And buy T-shirts <laughs> from Steve. I do have a new um, Aaron Tealitz Racing beer-themed T-shirt coming out. I had a Lining Kugel-themed shirt the last couple of years. I don't know what brand they're going with this time. I haven't seen any renderings. Don't know what it's going to look like. I'm sure it's going to be cool. It'll be at the track too. Excellent. Well, make sure you look uh, look up Aaron in the paddock at Road America. Aaron, anything else we need? How's the paintings? You know what? I haven't done a lot of paintings. I've I've done a few. I'm actually delivering a painting at Road America for um, for a fan. Uh, I did a painting for Gabby Chavez over the winter. Um, but other than that, I haven't done a lot of painting. I need to get back into it. It's just been busy trying to figure out racing stuff this year. Uh, it's kind of weird when you're not doing as much racing. You're actually more busy trying to figure out how to get back into a race car than you normally are. So uh, it's been it's been busier than normal. <laughs> well, uh, looking forward to seeing you out there in the Red Bellardi Racing uh, Indy Lights car. And uh, good luck to you, and uh, we'll, we'll chat again. 
Sounds good. Thank you very much, guys. All right. That's Aaron Tielitz joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019? Look no further and call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank providing simply local common sense lending to your community, Steve, since 1935. We'll have more coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. To the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. And speaking of uh, Great Lakes Dragway, this weekend, this weekend, it's the Nostalgia Drags. So not only do you get to see pre-1973 drag stories, you get to see the, the Brew City Gassers. And it's the first annual Auto Sight Drags featuring two days of vintage drag racing. There's also a swap meet, live music, and more. And plus that delicious Great Lakes Dragway food. So make sure you check out Great Lakes Dragway this weekend. Just a lot of things going on in the racing world as uh, summer is is kicking in Wisconsin. And uh, Mitch, what are some of the things you you like to do in the summer that are not can't miss events? Can't miss events in the summer. Well, Summerfest is probably one of them. Yeah, um, that's pretty obvious, and that's coming up really quick. Right? Oh, don't forget July sixth. We're going to be out there for Bugfest. Jeff Rolowski and I. So uh, we, we we expect you there for to see some drag racing. July sixth, Saturday, that is July sixth at Great Lakes Dragway. Two days before my thirtieth birthday. What better that? way to celebrate your birthday than at Great Lakes Dragway? At Bugfest. At Bugfest with you and Jeff. Yeah, we'll put you in a car. We'll we'll, we'll get you down in, in for my for my dirty thirty. You guys can each buy me a beer. How yeah. about that? We'll buy you a couple of beers. Okay, and we'll, oh. we'll throw you in a in a dragster. Have you? I'm sure there's a oh ride along program. If there's any, if you knew me, there's nothing more than I like than driving fast. Really? Not, not at all. Oh, well, that, that could be something we could arrange. I'm not a slow poke, but I'm not a speed demon. But make sure kind you of get a scaredy out. cat. The out of sight drags is is a pretty cool event at Great Lakes Dragway. So you get to see uh, the the gassers, the old slingshot, the rails, super stocks, you name it. Plus that swap meet and uh, live music too. So. Make sure you get out to Great Lakes Dragway this weekend. Uh, should be a lot of fun. And, of course, uh, July 6th, the final inspection will be out there for Bugfest. So. A little a little live, live, uh, live show out there? Lots of Volkswagens. Are you guys doing a show out there? Yeah, we're live? doing a show. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you asked me what I have to, what I like to do for fun this summer. I had to kind of think about that one because I'm on the radio right now. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Summerfest and, and – uh, Hitting up baseball games and obviously being here at the radio station is something I, I enjoy doing as well. Doing on deck shows, stuff like that is you know one of one of many pastimes for sure. Um, which obviously we have one coming up here. Brewers play at 3:05 from San Francisco today, a day game in San Francisco. Yeah, it should be a lot. It should uh, hopefully they can rebound from uh, you know last night. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is one of those situations where. You know, you're looking at Zach Davey, seven all. He's one. Oh, he's due for. You know, is he? Is he one yeah. of those? Is he gonna win? Well, it he or? wasn't terrible. He no. just couldn't keep the ball in the yard really uh, last night, and um, that's two starts in a row now where he went five innings, allowed three runs. So and, and not pa- even a quality start, but 
you know, maybe, I, I don't know if he's coming back down to earth. I mean, he's had some great starts this year. Well, and plus it was a perfect storm with Drew, you know, with, with Drew Pomerantz, who's a good pitcher, but has been struggling yeah, of late. Year. Absolutely terrible. Well, and so you're, you're thinking, well, maybe that'll continue. And then it's like, oh, he's doing, you know, what he's, he pitched Well, Pomerantz, right. two starts ago, got rocked by the Orioles, who are, I mean, Awful. historically bad, yeah. in my opinion. But then last time out, he goes out and shuts down the Dodgers, who are historically good. And, you know, you're thinking, okay, maybe he found something out. And then he was pretty solid last night against a Brewers team that, you know, couldn't really cash in. You yeah. know, and, they, and, then, and then you have a Giants team that doesn't hit home runs. No. They start hitting home Correct. runs. Correct. So, and I, don't, I mean, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, man, it seems like the Brewers give up a lot of homers. But, mm -hmm. I mean, that's – and we talked about it earlier today on the uh, high school baseball coaches show. You know, it, that was a great question from McGivern. He asked a couple of the coaches that were in is, you know, has analytics trickled its way down to high school baseball? And I, I think it sounds like they have, but mm -hmm. maybe in a different way. Sure. Um, because stealing is not really a thing in Major League Baseball these days. Nobody steals bases anymore because mm -hmm. you're you're risking. You know, the percentage of stealing a base in the major leagues is lower than stealing one, I think, in high school baseball. Right. So I think that's a high percentage play in high school, but not in not in the pros. So um, launch angle is not as much of a thing in high school because guys, let's face it, aren't strong enough, a lot of them, to mm -hmm. regardless of – you know, everybody wants to be Ken Griffey Jr. and swing like that, but you got to make contact too. Yeah. And in, in, even if you do, and you're 16 years old, you probably might not have enough strength to get it over a 320 foot wall. So that was an interesting conversation. I checked that out. 1057fmthefan.com. All right, now let's take a quick break here, and uh, we're going to come back with Rich Bickle. And I was able to talk to Rich uh, earlier today at the Milwaukee Mile. He's returning, of course, to drive. Uh, at the Father's Day, what I'm calling the extravaganza at the Milwaukee Mile tomorrow. So make sure you get out there because uh, you have four classes of cars. You're going to have the ARCA late model series, good-looking cars, and a 100-lap race. You're going to have the mid-am cars, which have raced at, uh, at the mile previously. Also the vintage stock cars and the vintage Indy registry. So they got about 25-plus uh, vintage Indy cars uh, cross-section from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and into the 90s. Some pretty cool cars come on out. And what's cool about that, if you walk through the tunnel, uh, that part of the paddock is open. So, And they're, they're, the vintage Indy cars are located right along next to the tunnel, so it's only a short walk from the grandstands if you want to get over there tomorrow. Walk through there, talk to the owners, uh, talk to the drivers, a lot of fun. They'll tell you the history of the car. And it's really cool seeing these cars, some of which are absolute works of art uh, when you see them up close. So a lot of fun, a lot of things going on at the Milwaukee Mile, lots of stuff going on at Great Lakes Dragway. And if you're uh, looking for a car, why not check out davidhobbs.com. So the best in new and used cars at davidhobbs.com. So uh, Honda certified pre-owned cars and, uh, and plus the used cars of lots of varieties at David Hobbs. So coming up next on the final inspection show, we're going to have Rich Bickle, NASCAR, short track, slinger legend, uh, coming up next on the final inspection show.
And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. And, uh, of course, the Father's Day extravaganza at the Milwaukee Mile. And we'd like to thank Track Enterprises for that. And speaking of which, we have one of the stars that will be running this weekend at the Milwaukee Mile, and it's Rich Bickle. Welcome to the Final Inspection Show. Great to be here. And, uh, Rich, it's been a few years since you raced here, and... uh, You've raced a whole bunch of different cars. What are some of the the races that, that kind of stick out for you? Oh, I think coming here with the late models and the ASA cars and the trucks and the Bush car. I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, been here in pretty much everything. Um, had a shot at winning a few races and just didn't come to fruition. So it's one of the places I haven't won at in my life, and especially in Wisconsin. And, I, you know, it would mean a lot to me to check that one off the box here this weekend. Yeah, you've had so much success in Wisconsin uh, early on uh, in the 80s and 90s with the late models, and especially at Slinger being a cha- uh, track champion at, at Slinger and also Slinger Nationals winner. Um, with, with the Milwaukee Mile, is there, is there one race that kind of sticks out that, oh, that one almost, you know, that, that, that one got away from me? Yeah, I think the truck race, um, I think we had it one. We broke a valve spring and with 25 to go and I ran on seven cylinders. I think we finished third or fourth. And it just, you know, one of them situations. It just, you know, <laughs> part failure and here we go. You know, just this place always bit me, kind of like Rockford did. And and uh, finally when I won Rockford, I think in 90 there, I got out and bit the racetrack on the, on the infield side of it. So I don't know if I could bite this place. It's paved <laughs> cement all the way around it. But maybe it'd be like kissing the bricks. Now, 97 was pretty cool. You won a few truck races running for Richard Petty Motorsports. And t- tell us, how, how is it running with the King? Well, that was in 96. Or 96 I, I ran was. for Richard. And Rich was a great guy. I mean, uh, and, and people don't remember this or know this, but 92 in his last race was Jeff Gordon's first race. And I'm the one Richard hit when he caught fire. Trickles Trader and Walter wrecked off a of turn four, and I got slowed up. And about a half hour later, Richard come in and hit me in the back and, I got spun around, and he's in a big ball of fire, and I'm like going, oh, my God. So one thing out of that, I still got the bumper cover, and I had him sign it. And uh, I took it to Daytona the next year, and he signed it. And uh, and uh, I had him, I wanted him to sign it the last thing, the King Crown, but he wouldn't do it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, four years later, we're meeting in the motorhome in Rockingham, and, and I said, well, do you remember me? And he goes, yeah. He said, you're the son of a bitch that backed into me in Atlanta. <laughs> and I knew right on that he was kind of a jokester and fun guy, and, and uh, I knew right away we were going to hit it off. And, and I think I still still drove for him, you know, for a few years. But our motor program there wasn't sufficient to be competitive. And I just I just felt I couldn't, you know, I had to look out for myself for once, you know, instead of trying to mutter through life. And I had to go take a deal with Daryl, which turned out to be a disaster. But uh, motor program there in the Dodge thing in 96, so anything over a half a mile was, we weren't competitive. And that's just not fun. What, what's your favorite racetrack to run at? Oh, my God. That's a loaded question. I mean, yeah. it's hard to ask that question. I can tell you a lot of them that I don't like to race. Okay, <laughs> that works. But, uh, I mean, you know, you look back, Slinger's always been one of my favorites. <clears throat> Far as a short track. Um, you go to intermediate track. Uh, I like Darlington, you know, because that's a driver's place. Um, Speedway, you know, Daytona was like, compared to Talladega. Talladega, you, there's no handling there. It's all aero. But Daytona, it, you know, even though it's the same size, mm-hmm. you got to drive it like a short track. you got to make your car handle there. So super speedway like, you know, Daytona better than Talladega. But, uh, you know, I've been to so many places. I it just I just finally hit 225 different places I raced at. And um, But uh, I always come back to Slinger. I always like Rockford. 
you know, to me it's driver's places. You know, that's the biggest thing is where, you know, I, I, here, here's one, here's another one you ever think about, the old Lake Geneva paperclip. Oh, yes. Yep. You know, I mean, uh, that, me and Wayne Lindsay talked about that the other day. It's one of the places that made you learn how to drive, you know, because, I mean, it was super flat. Turn three is banked the wrong way. Um, but you got to work yourself. You know, that place, you, you, you gain inches, not feet. And uh, it's, you know, that's why I think it was so good in Martinsville, because it's a similar type of racetrack. They, you know, they say the Milwaukee Mile is a driver's track. Uh, t- tell us how hard it is to set up a car at this track. Well, you know, things have changed so much technology-wise. So, I'm, you know, I've never been here in something like we have now. Um, and it really takes all the feel out of the driver's hand. It's more by what the stopwatch says nowadays. Because sometimes the car feels awful. Um, you're still fast. <laughs> so, you know, back in the day, you, you knew what you did with the spring change. And we do stuff now that it don't even make logically sense what we did back in the day. So um, it's really hard to say that. But I've always liked this place. It's always been, you know, <clears throat> I come back here as a kid, you know, watching Ramos Stott and Don White and McCluskey and all them guys run USAC and sit underneath the stands and hear them big blocks coming down the straightaway and start. I mean, if that didn't give you goosebumps, what did? And uh, that's, I, I, knew I, I knew I had a race here because of seeing that. And then I got to go to Daytona in 76 with my mom and dad, and they filmed the wreck with Pearson Petty off there. I knew someday I had to be there. And, and fortunately, I got to knock those off the box, and plus a lot more. Talking with Rich Bickle at the Milwaukee Mile, and there's racing as returning to the Milwaukee Mile this weekend. Make sure you get out there tomorrow from Father's Day. Should be a lot of fun. We've got four classes of cars running at the Milwaukee Mile. Weather should be fantastic. And uh, this in uh, next month, John Close, your good friend and friend of the show, is coming out with an interesting book. It's a book on Rich Bickle, From the Barnyard to the Brickyard. Tell us about that. Well, it's something, you know, John's been a very close friend of mine. He took my, one of my first autograph picture cards, pictures way back in 85 or 6, and, and we've been friends. We've worked together on and off for years and years and years. And, and I finally called him. I said, I, I want to write my book. I want to write my story. And, and he's the only guy that I would, you know, would do it. And, uh, and so we started working on it, and it's been a three-, four-month process. But uh, it really turned out even better than I thought. Um, there's some stuff he remembered that I forgot about, and there's stuff I remembered he forgot about. And... And uh, it's a true life story of, like, you know, that's what it says. I mean, the first car I got when, you know, when I was 15 years old, uh, the guy who lived in our subdivision took off on his wife and three kids, and me and the oldest son went up and stole his car out of the barn, and I went Jefferson raced it. And that's how it started, you know, besides, you know, going to the racetrack every week with my mom and dad since I was born. But, uh, you know, and then and you think about that, and then 17 years later, I'm in the inaugural brickyard. I mean, that, that, that don't happen too often. You know, especially, you know, it comes starting in this area and era, um, like I've told people, out of the 50 greatest short track asphalt guys in the United States, at one time, 40 of them lived here. And you had to race against some guys, but that's what, them guys made me good. You know, um, the competition level was just beyond crazy. And, and uh, there's some stories in there about lots of things. And um, my roller skating, racing days and motorcycles. And it, it's just a true life story and, and a lot of nice car politics. Um, if, if people read this and don't like it, then, then there's something wrong because I don't hold nothing back. It's 99% unedited. Um, I, I call I call it the way it is and the true story the way it is. There's going to be some people who don't really not really be really happy with me. Um, NASCAR won't be happy with me, but uh, you know what? I really don't care. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rich. We appreciate it. Look forward to seeing your race tomorrow at the Milwaukee Mile on Father's Day. Make sure you guys come out and check it out. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, everybody get out here and come support this thing. Everybody, you know, if you're sitting here thinking about it, you ain't going to see it on TV. Get your butts out here and sit in the stands, drink a cold beer, enjoy some racing.
All right, thank you. That's Rich Pickle on the Final Inspection Show. Yeah, I, th- I that's thought, awesome right there. Yeah, I thought what he said that was pretty neat. You know, get your ass get, out here and have a beer. Yeah, <laughs> and why not? You know, and and I think the real important thing, you know, there's some criticism of of, of how Andretti, Michael Andretti, and his group was doing the IndyCar promotion at the Milwaukee Mile, and I thought one of the things that I really kind of disagreed with was with was shutting out the infield for tailgating and that, and that's a big part of especially especially when I would go there as a teenager and that as a fan, I mean, we, we would sit in the infield, kind of have a little campground, get oh, out, yeah. get your grill, get your beer. I, I, I remember there was one, uh, IndyCar race. It was hot. I mean, it was really, really hot. And isn't it usually like a hundred degrees in it Indy seemed, like for the it, 500? It, well, it, it was hot in Milwaukee and it was sunny and I, I think it's my all-time record for drinking beer. Oh, but it was one of those things where, you know what? I, I, I don't. You don't recall, think about it, you know. I don't even recall running to the restroom because uh, I think you were just sweating it out so yeah, fast. Yeah, probably. But um, no, but but seriously, you know, this is really cool because the infield is open. Get out there. Um, the the grandstands open at nine o'clock tomorrow. Practice starts at nine thirty. You got qualifying at eleven. Uh, racing starts at one o'clock. You have a hundred mile uh, Arca late model feature, and plus you got the wind mid am cars, you got the vintage stock cars, and you have vintage Indy cars. So there's a little bit for everybody. There should be some vendors out there too tomorrow, and you can actually come on into cross under the 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 uh, the tunnel uh, just past turn four. Take a look at the vintage Indy cars. Talk to the owners and drivers there. They'll be more than happy to answer any questions. You get to see the cars up close. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm just looking forward to it, and uh, it should be a great show tomorrow. And uh, s- speaking of a great show, one thing that I don't know was it was a good show on TV, but uh, not a lot of people agreed on how it ended, was last week's Canadian Grand Prix, and that's been uh, one of the big topics in the racing world. I was able to talk to uh, David Hobbs, former uh, Formula One commentator, about this earlier in the week. So coming up next, we'll chat with David Hobbs and talk about all things Formula One, including the Canadian Grand Prix controversy, coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to check out davidhobbs.com for all the latest in new and used cars. Quite a wide variety of the used car variety. Speaking of which, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is David Hobbs. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. Always glad to be on here with you. And, you know, last couple of weeks, we've been wondering, you know, Jeff, uh, the Polish pipe bomb and I have been wondering, like, what are we going to talk about, about Formula One? Do the listeners really want to hear about, you know, Lewis Hamilton winning another race? And, well, we got the Canadian Grand Prix, which is always interesting. It's one of my one of my you know, top top five tracks, I think, on the circuit always provides interesting racing. And, uh, boy, that was uh, quite the... <laughs> 
do to say controversial is an understatement, isn't it? Yes, and it's a shame because the Canadian race, um, you know, for people who live in Wisconsin and, and Milwaukee, is actually pretty easy to get to, really, and it's a great place to go. Uh, you stay in a city and you go out to the track on the on the subway, and it's all very very simple. Uh, and as you saw yesterday on the TV, big crowd. But the race itself, well, um, the Ferraris finally reached uh, some sort of uh, their promise was fulfilled in, in qualifying, and they qualified first and third. And um, as the green flag fell or the lights went out, Vettel made a brilliant start. In fact, both the front guys made a brilliant start. But Vettel got into turn one first. Leclerc nearly got down the inside of Hamilton, but Hamilton sort of made sure he stayed in front. And then uh, we proceeded to see a tremendous driving display from both Vettel in the Ferrari and Hamilton in the um, Mercedes. Obviously, we've seen Hamilton put on a brilliant driving display many times this year already. And um, they were having a terrific well fight for the lead. There was some good racing going on behind them. The clerk was uh, got in front of Botas. The Botas in the second Mercedes was languishing back in fifth for a long time. But um, obviously, the, as you say, the controversy came towards the end. And Hamilton had dropped back a bit. He was five seconds behind when they put the hard tyres on. Uh, he gradually reduced that gap to, well, virtually nothing. I mean, he was right behind Vettel. And ultimately, the turn three and four, right, left, Kane, um, Vettel made a bit of a, a mistake, shot off the road to the left, hurtled across the grass, came back on the track. Uh, Hamilton had pounced when he saw his opening, uh, but couldn't quite make the pass. And Vettel squeezed him up to the wall, and uh, Hamilton backed out. And um, that's how the race finished. But Hamilton had radioed in that he thought that um, Vettel had made an unsafe return to the track. Well, obviously, Hamilton would, um, as would Vettel in the, the positions have been reversed. Uh, and I don't know, in my opinion, I think the stewards kind of overreacted to it, and they gave Vettel a five-second penalty. Uh, and there was absolutely no way that he could pull five seconds in front of Hamilton, and so when the checkered flag fell, uh, the red car crossed the line first, but the um, the stewards gave the win to Hamilton, making his seventh Canadian Grand Prix win, which is extraordinary for one driver to win seven Grand Prix. Um, and Ferrari made another tactical error this year. They, I saw today that they forgot tell Leclerc that uh, Vettel had a five-second penalty. And Leclerc was pulling up on the leaders and another second, another lap, and he would have come second. Mm. He was third on the road. Right. So, and, I mean, I made some comments on Twitter and, you know, you've got the usual rules is rules. I mean, it says you unsafe re-entry, which it was. And as I pointed out, well, it was unsafe, but he was totally out of control. There wasn't much he could do about it. Um, and these things happen in racing. And Damon Hill sided with me on the Twitter sphere. Jensen Button had already said that he thought it was a bit overreacting. 
And Johnny Herbert, who was another commentator for Sky Sports, said that he felt it was a racing incident and, sh- and he shouldn't have been penalised. And even though I'm a, a closet Mercedes porter um, and, and a big fan of Lewis Hamilton, I'm also a big fan of Vettel. And, uh, well, everybody knows I'm a big fan of Nico Hulkenberg. Um, and um, I just thought it, it just took away so much from the race. And I think it's a case of Formula One shooting itself in the foot. It certainly has. And I kind of wanted to get into uh, the dynamics of, of the uh, the officiating in there. And it was Emmanuel Piro who was the, the, one of the uh, officials in there. And, and that's usually something that's been rotated. Um, I think Danny Sullivan's been in there. There's been a few others. I thought Johnny Herbert was one of the, the subs too. Maybe I could be wrong in that. But is it is it his call? Is it is it now? In the past, we had Charlie Whiting, who unfortunately passed away uh, uh, at the eve of or the start of the year. But uh, uh, who 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 replaced Charlie Whiting, and does he have a say in that, or is that strictly Pirro's call at this point? I think. Well, I've often wondered about it. I think the fact is, it's the call of the stewards, and mm-hmm. it's not just Emmanuelli Pirro. Okay, but, uh, there are two or three permanent members. Um, and they have a driver because, you know, from, from many years ago, drivers would complain sure. about, you know, not being any driver representation on the um, stewards committee. And they felt that would be better for the drivers if there was a driver there who could really understand these things. Now, somebody, again, in the Twitter sphere said, who the hell is Emmanuel Pedro in one of his life? Well, of course, he's won Le Mans five times. Right. So, um, <laughs> and, um, He's a he's a very good driver, and um, I, I I they see a little bit more than we. They see a lot more shots. Sure. They hear they hear radio that we don't hear. Um, and I, Julian Palmer today wrote a very big piece for the BBC in England saying that they did exactly the right thing. Nico Rosberg said they did exactly the right thing because Nico Rosberg somewhat biased, being a sure. world champion in a Mercedes. So, I don't know. Obviously, it's those one of those things that are divergent opinion. But what? I think the real problem is too many rules and regulations and not enough, um, you know, just sheer raw racing from the gut. I mean, can you imagine if this had happened to Johnny Rutherford and A.J. Foyt in the 60s, for instance? Uh, we exactly. Wouldn't well, we it, wouldn't be having a penalty put in there. We'd have a punch up in the bar after us, and that would be. <laughs> but it's just, uh, and I think it's very unfortunate. I think that if Charlie Whiting had been there, although it's not his call, right? I think that someone like him would have said, "Well, look, yeah, you're probably right, um, but there's a lot of doubt and." For the sake of Formula One, I think we should just let it drop. Um, but anyway, nobody did say that. And so he was penalized, and it, it left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And, of course, it's just another sort of bad mark that F1 does not need. I mean, especially here in the States, where it has a struggle. Anyway, uh, IndyCar racing now is so good. Um Different winner apparently every week, uh, different style of track every week, um, and of course, obviously, the big ones coming up in just under two weeks now at Road America. So we'll see the IndyCar guys there in full flight, which should be fun. 
But it's uh, it's just something they. I just think that wiser heads should have prevailed, and they said, "Well, too close to call, so we'll just call it a racing incident." I find it interesting that the two second generation drivers that you brought, you know, brought up Palmer and and Rosberg. I, I think their fathers would think the complete opposite with, uh, you know, KK Rosberg, you know, formula, uh, a former world champion. And then Jonathan Palmer, who is somebody you actually drove with in, in some WEC events. Uh, I'm kind of would like to know what their opinion of it. Whereas the, their sons think, uh, you know, judicialness is, is, is the appropriate way to, to go through this. And I, I think they might differ on their opinions. I think, Decade, particularly, would have been apoplectic. I think he would have been. I mean, Mario, you know, said he thought it should have been, you know, just um, it shouldn't have happened. Uh, and you, you don't get much more of a of a driver's driver than Mario Andretti, and or Keke for that matter. I mean, tough, tough drivers coming from a tough era when it was so much more dangerous. And um, I, I, I don't think Keke would have agreed with his son on that at all. And I'm surprised that I'm surprised, quite honestly, that Nico Rosberg thought that. Mm-hmm. Um, at my level and at my age, I can sort of get into these arguments, and it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. But for someone like Nico, I would have thought he'd have kept his nose out of that, really. Although Damon Hill, uh, son of Graham Hill, Graham Hill, what two-time world champion, and Damon a one-time world champion, um, and Damon agreed. He thought. It shouldn't have happened. And apparently his wife thought so and muttered some expletive, it's something racing. <laughs> and Damon said in his tweet, I must I must have a word with about swearing in the house. <laughs> I thought that was rather amusing. But yeah, it, it's, and it spoiled what had been up It there. did. A, a pretty good ride. I mean, they disappeared in the distance. But there was some pretty good racing... Going on down the pack, Daniel Ricciardo had the best result for a Renault uh, for actually some time. He came sixth, which was the best result for a Renault in Canada since like 2011. Um, Hulkenberg was around about eight. Um, Gasly got points for the, in the in the Honda in the Verstappen didn't do as well as I thought he would. Bottas. Got fourth place, and then he did the part. He came in at right near the end, put on some soft tires, and got the fastest lap, which of course this year uh, gets you uh, another point. So he is now 29 points behind um, his teammate Lewis Hamilton for the championship. But uh, Sebastian Vettel is now 62 points behind, which is you know two and a half races. Mm-hmm. So you know Hamilton could sit out two races. Vettel could win them both, and he'd still be trailing Hamilton. Um, so it was not a good day for either Ferrari or Vettel. But then a lot of people, again, not. I mean, I, I felt for Vettel yesterday, but to not put too fine a point on it, in the last two years, Vettel has made a lot of mistakes. Hamilton has made very, very few. That's true. And um, everybody said, well, you know, this was a Vettel mistake. He made the mistake. He went off the road under pressure. He did it last year two or three times. He's done it once this year already at Bahrain. He spun when battling for the lead with Lewis Hamilton. Well, actually battling for second behind Charles Leclerc in the other Ferrari. So, um, you know, maybe under pressure, 
Lewis Hamilton is not quite as good as, as Lewis Hamilton. Very interesting points. Uh, I was talking with David Hobbs on a great Midwest Bank hotline on the final inspection show. And uh, David, you, of course, made your triumphant uh, return to Wisconsin earlier this week. The motorcade, uh, they blocked off uh, I-41, I think, or 43 for you as your motorcade made it up north towards Elkhart Lake. And uh, this weekend, of course, it's the Milwaukee Mile, and uh, as racing returns to the Milwaukee Mile, and then the following week, next week, we have IndyCar Racing at Road America. And uh, this is a uh, chance for a couple of opportunities for the fans uh, to come out and meet Mr. David Hobbs, isn't it? Well, it is on Thursday night. Um, there's a party going to be held at Seapkins Resort, <clears throat> which is uh, in aid of racing for kids. And there'll be all sorts of stars there. Uh, I should be sitting in the corner for an hour or two, selling my book, signing my book, uh, and some of the proceeds will go to the Racing for Kids. And that's going to be a Seekins Hotel, which is in New Hands now, uh, and that will be on Thursday night. Then on Friday night at the track, uh, the Road America are putting on a dinner, a dinner with David, which will be in their conference room, which is um, all part of the new gift shop, which is a very splendiferous new building. And um, there's going to be a dinner for David. What's going to happen there? I'm not absolutely sure yet. But, but yeah. anyway, I should, I'll be there for that. And then, of course, obviously I'll be there on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday watching the practice qualifying of the race and selling some books in the gift shop. And also at Randy Owens, uh, at Randy Owens' stand where he'll be selling his fantastic artwork. So, yeah, busy weekend will be the weekend after next. Um, and then I'm looking forward to the summer back in Wisconsin. There's sure. a lot of good events at Road America this year. Obviously, the IndyCar event's a big one. Then there's the vintage, Brian Revan's vintage race, middle weekend in July. And, of course, the first weekend in August is IMSA. And then, of course, the uh, NASCAR race. So, busy old place Road America is going to be this summer. The event on Friday is available. Uh, there are limited uh amount of uh, tickets available, limited seating for a dinner with David on Friday, June 21st uh, at Road America. If you go to roadamerica.com and uh, click down on the menu, you'll see the the dinner with David icon. Click on that and it'll show you uh, how you can get tickets. And hopefully if you're interested and you want to go, there will be tickets available. Uh, It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I would say uh, 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 not a, not a black tie uh, event, but it is a, a nicer a nicer event, and the dinner tickets uh, certainly indicate that. And the main course, charred grill fillet with a wine, red wine demi and herb roasted shrimp served with horseradish, mashed potatoes, snap peas with leeks, shiitake mushrooms, and a craisin saute. So a very this is not your uh, just brats and. Uh, a hamburgers event. This is going to be a pretty nice event at Road America, part of their series that they do up there. And David, uh, certainly appreciate you taking time out with us. And like I said, two opportunities for sure on Thursday and Friday to meet David. And then like once again with our friend uh, Randy Owens, who will have a, a, a tent up there too. So uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you at Road America next week. Thank you very much, Steve. Thanks for having me on the show, as always. And um, keep your eye on Formula One, and you and I will check over the over the months ahead. And um, 
pretty good season going on and a, and a wonderful IndyCar season going mm-hmm. on with uh, lots of winners. And Joseph Newgarten having a terrific which he just last Saturday night in Texas. Um, so, uh, yeah, lots of good racing coming up in the rest of 2019. And um, looking forward to next weekend at Road America and the opportunity to meet some fans, sign some autographs and, and the stuff like that. And of course, obviously, that's a very sophisticated dinner on the Friday night, but obviously, Steve, sophisticated dinner for sophisticated guests. So there you go. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends. And speaking of which, David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Avenue. Make sure to check out davidhobbs.com for all the latest in new and used cars. Thank you for listening to the Final Inspection Show. And there he is. That'll do it for us here on the, on the Final Inspection Show this weekend on the fan. Steve Zotke, Mayor Mitch here, uh, taking you around the world of racing a little bit. Get out there. To the Milwaukee Mile and enjoy that a little bit. As Rich Bickle said, get your ass out here and have a beer and support the Milwaukee Mile and racing in Milwaukee so we can keep that thing going a little more often than it is. That's going to do it for us here on the Final Inspection Show. Coming up here next, it's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on deck show. Bill Baby Tausch Schmidt in the building. Get you guys set for first pitch. Brewers and Giants coming up. Brewers looking to avenge that 5-3 loss last night. A tough one. The Giants homer three times on that game last night. They had, they had just 21 home runs at home all season long coming in, so Brewers pitching, looking to kind of rebound a little bit. Alex Claudio, why not, gave up a home run, a big one last night to Michael Yastrzemski, not to be confused with Carl Yastrzemski, his grandfather, the Hall of Famer. Uh, he, he had a big two-run shot for the Giants last night to kind of give them the game winner right there, and uh, the Brewers looking to bounce back again. It'll be Jimmy Nelson making his second start of the year against Madison Bumgarner for the San Francisco Giants, a guy you might want to keep your eye on, Brewers fans, who the Brewers could be looking to potentially acquire coming up here in July at the uh, at the trade deadline as the Brewers look to bolster their position in the playoff picture. That's going to do it for us here on the Final Inspection Show. We'll have the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on deck show coming up next on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.